welcome. You're listening to episode one of Double Hop Beat, a bi-weekly podcast meant for you, taking the pulse of beer and brewing scene. I'm James, a home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer novice, and I like the taste of beer. Well, thanks guys so much for listening to our first episode, especially leading up to St. Patrick's Day. This podcast is hopefully going to help those of you looking to be more familiar with beer, to get to know beer, get to know us, more about home brewing. And we'll also be touching on some news stories with beer and sharing some hilarious encounters we've had at brewery. There have been many, I will tell you that. This week, we will be discussing how to pick the perfect pint for the beer novice, such as myself. But first, we want to give you a little bit of a background on our homebrew scene and how long that James has been into homebrewing. So James, you have been homebrewing for, what, six or seven years now, uh, starting with the brew bucket, I think is what you call it. Well, yeah. I, well, actually, it's seven. Uh, but oh, I started okay. with a nice plastic bucket that you can find at Home Depot or any other department store. Uh, and then well, maybe three years ago, I got more serious about it and upped my game with my equipment. Uh, my knowledge on brewing itself picked up some books because you said I should read more. <laughs> it's very important to be reading often. And so, yeah, from there, I now have a nice SS Brewtech gear. I got a brew bucket, for those who don't know. It's all stainless steel. Um, it's about a five-gallon, five-and-a-half-gallon tank, so I can produce a pretty good amount on that. Uh, and also, I have the Grainfather, which is an all-electric, all-in-one system versus doing a stovetop is how I started. And recently, you you brewed a beer that I came home from work, and the, grape, the house smelt like grape nuts. So what were you uh, cooking up then? Yeah, you know, I'm like the Chef Ramsay, except instead of your kitchen getting all new appliances and, you know, you get a whole new makeover, you just come home and just water's all over the floor and the house smells like beer. So, I mean, you can't complain with that. That is true. So what kind of beer did that turn out to be? Uh, So I was going for a double IPA, where the difference between a double IPA and a single IPA or your India Pale Ale as it typically has two to three times the amount of hops in it. Um, and it also is going to have a more aggressive alcohol content or ABV. Um, so my I was shooting for about 85 to 9% alcohol, and it turned out to be about an 8%. So not too bad to celebrate my roaring 20s. And I saw you put some in your kegerator, but then you also put some in bottles. So what's going on there? Yeah, so my typical batch is about five and a half gallons, um, so I can get about one keg's worth of beer, but this time what I wanted to do is I also wanted to bottle a few to kind of see the differences on how it would taste whether, between using carbonation from CO2 tank to natural carbonation using priming sugar. And priming sugar is just normal sugar, or is that something special for beer? Yeah, I mean, you can use corn sugar, or you can also use table sugar. Um, I happen to try table sugar on this batch. Um, And basically what I did was I put the uh, beer in the bottles, added my sugar, and what the sugar does is it's going to naturally carbonate the beer. So the yeast will take up that sugar and turn that into CO2, which is needed to have a nice carbonated beer. And how long does that usually take, though? A lot longer than, obviously, just regular CO2. That typically takes a couple weeks, so I planned it out for about two and a half to three weeks, so we'll see how that goes. 
And so the beer that's in the kegerator that is ready to be consumed, what is that? What's the, what do you like to say, the aroma or the taste? So it's it's got a nice floral aroma, actually, and but it's also piney. It's got a nice pine flavor to it. Um, I was going for the more juicy IPA, as us New England folks love these days. Um, people on the West Coast probably hate us, but, you know, you guys are also making them. So you guys must love something about New <laughs> What is a juicy IPA? That just sounds like I went and took like grapefruits off the tree and put them into my beer. Like, what is juicy mean? Like juicy fruit? Like so juicy. I mean, that's that's how we describe it. Uh, it's very citrusy. It's got nice tropical notes to it. Um, you're gonna catch that when you, if it's dry hopped. Even it's gonna even enhance the uh, citrus aromas that you're gonna get. Um, so it could you could get melon. You could get pineapple. Um, any of those you can really get depending on what hops you use. And so also for your birthday, we all pitched in and got you some pretty snazzy new equipment, which I'm sure other home brewers who are familiar um, will appreciate. What's that all about? Yeah, so this is the uh, seven-gallon uni tank by SS Brewing. And this takes it even a step further from the brew bucket that I had. Um, And what this does, you can actually pressurize. It's a pressurized tank. Um, You can force carbonate it inside the tank which is nice um it's an all stainless equipment and that's all really the viewers for now need to know about it the viewers for the people that are watching us through our podcast um so you finished that beer what's up next so i'm still working out the recipe but i want to do a nice porter i've yet to brew a porter so i'm really excited to do a darker beer I typically tend to stick towards the IPAs myself because that's what I enjoy to drink. But uh, recently I've been getting into the porters and the browns and even stouts. Um, And those are more of the creamy, the darker beers, especially with St. Patrick's Day coming up. uh, Everyone likes a good pint of uh, a nice dark beer. Uh, So that's it for our update on home brewing at our lovely abode. Um, So we'll move into some brew news. Uh, Last week on March 8th, there was the Pink Boots Collaboration Brew Day, which occurred across the country. Um, And this is basically a day, um, it was International Women's Day, so March 8th. Um, It was also a day to celebrate women in brewing and just to kind of educate everyone about their role and empower them um, to get more involved in brewing. And so breweries across the country uh, had their women brewers come in and help out and make a special batch of beer for the day and James you actually got to participate in one of these at our local brewery so yeah um, I also want to say it's not just for women Uh, the great thing about it is men are also encouraging uh, women to have roles in the beer industry and a lot of the women in the industry are even more knowledgeable than us men Um, so it's really equaling the playing field more about inspiring and encouraging women to become professionals and that's all through education so that's what we're also trying to do is just educate everybody so that you know we're all the same and everyone can enjoy beer yeah i know i not to get political but i think in today's day and age you know that's a big um thought on everyone's mind is you know equality and not just everyday work but you know in brewing too um because a lot of people don't think about women when I think about breweries you know you tend to go in a lot of them and there's a lot of men with beards and flannel shirts but there's a lot of women too that some people may not see 
Um, so I think it's really important to highlight that and to celebrate the women that we do have in brewing. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's it's great that you participated in that. And it was a lot of fun. You got to experience brewing on a large scale. Yeah, it was great. It was so, going from a nice five and a half gallon to a seven barrel system, which you know how many kegs a brewery can take out. So uh, that's just a scope of how big of a difference that makes. Yep. And you did take some pictures, right? Yes, I did. I took some pictures of during the mash in the process of that and also when we were transferring it to the fermentation tank. So uh, we'll try and get a couple of those pictures up for you guys. Yeah, take a look and see how it went. Uh, But if you want to learn more about the Pink Boot Society, you can go to www.pinkbootsociety.org slash pinkbootsbrew. And that will give you some more information about that. And as uh, so our everyone knows, on Drop Sunday, the morning to you. <laughs> I don't know what kind of voice that was. I want me shillings. <laughs> I'm the Irish one in the room. Uh, so Sunday is St. Patrick's Day. Uh, so James, want to tell us a little bit about some things happening in the area or some St. Patrick's Day facts about beer? Well, no matter where you live, there's going to be some beer crawls going on. So I know lots of you are probably getting your beards on this weekend. Uh, While some of us have to work, but that's okay. Uh, You guys can celebrate more than enough for me. Um, So other than the beer crawls going around across uh, the U.S. and even globally, um, one thing I thought was really interesting is just the fact of dying beer green and how that relates to St. Patrick's Day. Uh, So I found an article back from 1914 of a Dr. Thomas Curtin. He was a uh, coroner physician, and he wanted to turn beer green for the day. So he ended up doing it using textile dye. Textile dye? Yes. That seems like a very Yeah, you'll probably die from that textile dye. Uh, For a St. Patty's (laughs) party at a club in the Bronx, New York. So I'm sure that turned out well. That seems like a. Uh, they clearly did not have any food and uh, like regulations back then. A lot of people put textile dye in beer. Also, what kind of like aftertaste do you think that had? It's mm. probably like really gross. Probably a nice wool wool taste to it. Maybe maybe some polyester. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know what kind of clothing material they had in 1914. I really want to know how many people ended up in the hospital after going to that St. Patty's Day party. Does not sound like a fun time. No, I bet a lot of people's faces were turning green at the end of that night. But um, and literally today with the New England style IPAs, I mean, a lot of the IPAs out there are almost green. So I guess you don't even have to put dye in beer anymore. I guess so, unless it's Bud Light. That might improve the flavor. <laughs> no offense to all the Bud Light fans out there. <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, Dogfish Head Brewery in 2005 uh, tried to make a green uh brew off their german lager as a one-off brew and they used a blue green algae to make it turn that green color but yeah it was just a one-off brew so you won't be able to find that anywhere very very interesting thanks for sharing james you're welcome see (laughs) i read okay good job i'm proud i'll give you a little sticker for your button at pizza hut and you can eventually get a free pizza Ooh, and i'll just check out my movie at blockbuster I, the last one just closed, so I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But well, anyways, anyways, now on to our main topic of discussion for today. Uh, so we're going to be talking about what makes up beer, first of all. 
So what are the main ingredients to beer? It may sound like it's a lot of ingredients, but it's really not. It's just water, barley, hops. More importantly, yeast. Uh, it also has adjunct grains, sugars, and spices. So the biggest key components in this that I think on a beer is your water and also your yeast. So if you use a water that's full of chlor chlorine levels or other things, it's going to change your beer. Um, some beers want a higher pH or lower pH. Some want more chlorine. So it's really picking the good water. And that's why you'll notice a lot of breweries choose towns that have great water quality. So it's not like having more like bagels. Like if you have like Brooklyn water, do you think that makes beer better? Well, you can also filter the water. So many breweries, even if they're not in a good location as far as the water source, they can add filters to their brewing systems where they treat the water ahead of time, just like our tap water is treated. So it's not that big of an issue, but it's always a coveted hidden gem if a brewery can find a location with a good water source. Okay, but really the, the bottom line is with that, I mean, few ingredients, really anybody can make beer if they wanted to. Oh, absolutely. Whether you'll be able to drink it or not, that's, well, that's up to you. That's, yeah, that's a different issue when there's complications along the way. But the good thing about home brewing is it's not so much about you want a beer that's perfect every time, and I don't go into it expecting my beer is going to be awesome every time I make it. It's more about the art of making beer. It's more of the experience, having fun, learning from others, and just having that feeling that you're making something on your own. Almost like when I like to bake. Yeah, except it comes out delicious 99.9% .9 of the time. So do my items of baking. That's what I was saying. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying my, my beers do not come out 99.9% .9 right. Oh, Oh, it was a compliment. I'm sorry. I just totally turned a compliment into a uh, critique. <laughs> That's what wives do. Anyway, so James... I, as I've stated, I'm a beer novice, and when we go to breweries, I often walk up to the bar and say, what should I have? And they say, what do you like? And I say, I don't like IPAs. How can I pick a pint better without revealing my inferior knowledge to the bartender? So yeah, that's a, a great point. Um, one of the big reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was to help share that feeling and shed that feeling for most people of feeling inferior when they go to a brewery for the first time or they're trying to order a beer for the first time and they don't know what they like. And I mean, that's how you started. You didn't know what you like. And as you said, you said, I don't like IPAs. That's fine. Uh, but then, so here's some tips. Um, that anyone can do when you go into a brewery, a bar, anywhere that's got beer on tap, and you want to try beer. Definitely try beer. So first, I'd say select a style that you think you can most identify with. So by that, I mean, are you more geared towards a lighter beer or a darker beer? So this could be as simple as just going by color, but more importantly, the darker beers are going to tend to be heavier versus the lighter beers like a Pilsner or a lager, or an ale, or even a wheat beer, such as your Blue Moons and those types, um, that's something you have to consider when you go up to the bar. Okay, that's those are some good tips. So what should I do 
if I want to try multiple beers, but I don't want to get full glasses? So that's a gr- another great question. So many breweries and even some bars that have a lot of craft beers now, they have what's called a flight or a sample rack. And what that means is they usually four, five ounce pours. So those are just those little taster glasses and you get to try four typically. And that way you can pick four different beers and try them. And if you don't like it, it's only five ounces. You can move on and you don't have to commit to that full pint right away. And this is also good if you don't know the style that you want to get into. So you could try a wheat beer, you could try a pale ale, you could try your hoppy India pale ales, or then you can try a stout or a more malty beer such as a red or something of that caliber. And I've noticed there's also usually a description like on the menu, right? But I'm often confused uh, just because the pale ale and the India pale ale sometimes... I thought they were different. Are they are they different or are they not different? Because I often get confused about So they're that. definitely different. If you're not big into a very hoppy beer, you definitely steer towards the more pale ale versus an India pale ale. Um, but nowadays, they're more blended. So they're pushing the limits on the pale ales where they maybe 10 years ago, those would be considered an India pale ale. And now they're calling it a pale ale. So that's where you just want to then pay attention to, one, your ABV or your alcohol by volume. Um, So that percent, the higher that is, the more alcohol is going to be in it. So that's something you have to factor in as well. Um, It shouldn't be your major uh, component to picking a beer, but it's also going to have an impact on the flavor and also your commitment level to how drunk you want to get. My commitment level? (laughs) Your commitment level, you know, you get it. If you don't want to commit... Go for the lighter beers, your pilsners, your lagers, um, and those are typically going to be about 45 to 5%. Well, I mean, you could have a higher alcohol by volume beer and not get drunk. You could just have one. Doesn't mean you have to have many. That is very true. Okay. Those are good tips. And also, um, what what you were mentioning earlier is ask your bartender, your taproom server, uh, your host, um, anyone at the restaurant or bar or brewery or even ask a friend what they would recommend Uh, and especially your friends everyone's got that friend that loves beer and knows a decent enough amount about you that they would be able to gear you towards the right direction and then let the bar staff handle that from there give them a couple guidelines i like a lighter beer or i'm new into beer Uh, what would you recommend i like more of a sweet flavor or I'm into sours, so for you, you got into sours. Mm-hmm. They are good. They're like almost like candy in a glass. Um, and I know I myself do this sometimes, and you do it as well, but some of our friends will keep a list of beers that they like, um, so the next time that they're out somewhere and they're not sure, you know, they're not familiar with the brewery or the type of beers that they serve, they can say, you know, I was at such and such a place and had this kind of beer. Do you have anything similar? Um, so keeping a list of, you know, beers that you like and beers you want to try again can help you when you go to other places or also even when you're out at a restaurant having dinner. Um, you can you know look at your little list and say, hey, I liked this beer before. I want something like it or I'll just have it again. Yeah, just like Santa. You know, he's got to check the list <laughs> twice. Find out if you're naughty or nice. Santa does bring you beer, so it's not very far off. He does. I have a good connection with Santa. <laughs> it took a couple of years for me to uh, get that one figured out. It also helps when, when uh, Santa's brother works at a 
a liquor store. <laughs> that too. That that does help. But um, if you are making that list, make sure you write what you liked about it as well as the name of the brewery that makes it and the style. So those are the three points. Don't give it a number rating. A lot of apps out there will give a rating, a scale of like one to five, five, you love it, one, you hate it. Um, and that doesn't really mean that much as uh, coming from like in my advice, just because if you go back and you try and remember what you liked about that, it's not really valuable unless you get that same beer again. Um, so definitely write down what you liked about it what the name of the brewery was, and the name. So those three things, you can go into your next brewery and use that information. Say, okay, I had a pale ale that uh, had good, like, piney flavor to it. I like that, so I want to have one of those next time I go to a brewery. Then you can go to the taproom staff and say, what do you have for a nice piney pale ale or something that's not too heavy or hop forward? then they know exactly what they can gear you towards. Okay. And so I know some of our listeners are a little bit more into the into beer and a little more advanced than knowledgeable. So what would you say to them? Is there any adv- advice you give or anything else that they should be looking for specifically that um, people who are still kind of learning the lingo might also want to know about? Yeah, so um, I've had many, many, many beers. And uh, being an IPA... Many, 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 many. And being an IPA fanatic, um, it's so hard to keep track of the ones I've had everywhere. So what I do is I keep track of the hops, the hop flavors that I enjoy, and also the aromas I enjoy, and basically the mouthfeel of that beer. The mouthfeel? So, so the mouthfeel. So it's kind of <laughs> like kind of like wine, you know, it has, it has the substance to it, the body, you know, does it have a nice malt, rich flavor to it? Does it have that piney, piney or dank flavor? All you advanced beer, beer people out there know what I'm talking about. Okay, because when I heard hops. it, I, I just, I just thought, and that's like, what she said. So, oh, you thought dank and thought like dirty socks? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? Dirty socks? I don't know. That is not what it, that is not what it tastes like. But <laughs> I hope not. Nobody's gonna want beer that tastes like. Yeah, dirty I want socks. the dirty socks beer, please. Thanks. I'll have the number two with an extra side of dirty socks. I feel like I have that name for my next beer, Dirty Sock IPA. I will not no be one drinking will drink. that. <laughs> yeah, no. Especially if it smells like, ooh, Dobby Socks. Dobby's Dirty Socks. And for those who don't <laughs> know, <laughs> Shannon over here is the biggest Harry Potter fan. So she's more Harry Potter. I'm more beer. So maybe we could combine those two sometime. Harry Potter beer podcast? Maybe. Hmm. Maybe in the future someday. Well, next up, we have um, a kind of funny segment that are in our, our experiences at breweries. Uh, we tend to notice some some interesting things that go on. I like to observe and uh, other patrons. <laughs> instead of watching a movie, that's kind of what we do. Um, so, Shannon, why don't you tell us about um, this experience we had a couple months ago at a New York brewery uh, when we sat down and... You caught something off the glimmer of your eye. Oh, yeah. So we were at a brewery uh, visiting my brother. And uh, this is, goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the uh, commitment level of what you want to, how much you want to drink and how drunk you want to get. Not sure if this girl had a commitment level, but she was pre- pretty, pretty drunk. Yeah. She, uh, was, she was wasted. She, yeah, she was 
I don't. It was only like nine o'clock at night, so I'm not really sure where she had been before this experience. But uh, we went to a brewery, and this girl was uh, sitting with a jacket on her chair for about five minutes, and then realized she kept trying to get something out of the pockets, not realizing that the jacket was on the chair, and you can't access the pockets when it's on the chair. So she was fighting with the chair and her jacket, which she then realized after another five minutes was not her jacket. It was actually her date's jacket who was in the bathroom this whole time. And then she couldn't find her way back to her own chair and was wandering around in the beer, like the hangout area in the back by the barrels. She ended up in the uh, the craft beer, the brewery's um, their oak-aged barrel room where they age uh, their beer in oak barrels to give it um, that oak flavor. So yeah, guests were not supposed to be in there, and she seemed to find her way in there, even though she couldn't put on her jacket. Um, but if those of you who know Superman, and you put the arms out, and you're just reaching out, and there's nothing there, yeah, that's kind of what she was doing, except she had her the jacket on the chair, and was trying to reach her hands into the arms, and then she was giving like a nice bear hug to the chair while laughing hysterically the whole time. And so it was quite the show. It was very, very entertaining. Um, and then she left the beer, The sorry, she left the brewery and didn't understand how to get back in. So she started knocking on the door of the brewery to get back inside. So on a scale of one to knocking on the brewery door, how drunk was that person? That girl was like a 12. Okay. I think she was, I saw her through the window. She was like wandering around aimlessly. And no, I don't, I don't get it. It's like that guy she was with wasn't much of a gentleman. You know, he, he was going on the, he, she was, strug- is dead, she James. was struggling hard. And know what he does? He goes to try and get her another beer. Like when she's ready to leave. And I was like, whoa, slow down, man. Like she does not need another beer. Like you are out of your mind. Yes. This is a case of responsible drinking folks. She tried drinking some water at some point in your night <laughs> to rehydrate. <laughs> so if you guys have any uh, brewery patron fails or funny stories you want to send in, we'll give you our email at the end of the episode and you can send those in to us and we can uh, rate them on a scale of one to knocking on the brewery door drunk. Uh, so I also have a fun fact for everyone just to wrap up our episode here. Just something you can take away. Um, so yeah. the term senoceliacophobia is the fear of an empty beer glass so i guess that's maybe, maybe she had that uh, maybe maybe she did maybe they both did because they seem to always have a full glass with them um so this is people you know get really uncomfortable much like when you have any other kind of phobia you know bugs spite or spiders are well i guess they're really not bug but bugs spiders snakes small places dark places high places uh people actually get really agitated uh when they have an empty beer glass so i bet those people sit right at the bar easy access yeah well we hope you guys have fun this weekend for saint patrick's day stay safe everyone stay safe stay classy and thank you for listening for more double hop beat visit our website at www.doublehopbeatpodcast.com 
Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. So like I said, your thoughts, experiences, questions. If you guys have any suggestions on what you'd like to see um, or, or see or hear, I guess you'd be hearing this. Uh, we should be a movie. You should <laughs> have like the visuals right now. So you're just like, Wah! Yeah, we'll see about that. Um, so if you want to share anything with us, feel free to send us an email. Uh, any uh, suggestions you guys have, we want to make this something that you want to listen to. So throw out your ideas at us. Um, all your constructive criticism is much appreciated. Um, so we will be back in two weeks' time with another episode. And what are we going to talk about at that episode, James? So in episode two, we're going to talk about um, how to meet us at the brewery. So that's uh, episodes all about how to pick the brewery for you and um, what kind of vibe you might expect at different breweries. Okay. So thank you all for listening. This is Double, Double Hot, Hot Beat. Beat. Please drink responsibly and stay classy. Out.